Welcome, everybody. This is Dalton Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Hey, thinkers. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hapius. Hapius offers premium CBD products at 50 to 60% off the big guys. I'm talking CBDMD, Puricana, Charlotte's Web, those guys. You can grab their stuff for prices at 50 to 60% less. They offer a sleep aid that'll put you out, a roll-on that'll take care of all your joints, aches and pains, and a daily oil that's good for your overall wellness. I use them all the time. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Today, I got to sit down with a good personal friend of mine, Matt Jensen, who actually owns two Dickie's Barbecues in the Salt Lake area, and he got to tell us that wonderful story. But more importantly, he is quote-unquote politician, and we got to talk about uh, all things politics and his journey in politics, and a couple really cool talking points. Um, Really good ideas were shared, and uh, I feel like bridges were gapped. So enjoy that um, as much as I did. And uh, stay classy. All right, we're live. But yeah, I had to learn how to do it all by myself, and cool. it was nuts. But um, so start with you own two Dickies. Yes, I own two Dickies. Uh, I own one in Salt Lake City and one in West Valley. That's nuts. And I've heard a little bit about that because we've been we've talked about that before. But um, how was that process? Like, tell me about that journey. Yeah, so we had, my, my uh, I was working for an engineering firm. I'm a chemical engineer by trade and had been there for just over 10 years. And it had gotten kind of stale, uh, the job had. Yeah. And, and when you're in a job that's stale, you don't put your best effort in. Right. And then I like I go home feeling bad because I didn't I didn't work my best that day. And so it, it I just felt like it was time to move on. And my wife and I had, for a long time, we, we we went through a period of time where we were like really reading a lot of Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote oh, uh, yeah. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, we bought some real estate. We own we still own some real estate, um, and we but we knew we wanted to get into the business owner quadrant that he talks about these different quadrants. Mm, and, yeah, and so I knew I had to leave my job, um, and so I started looking at other jobs, other chemical engineering jobs, and just couldn't get excited about any of them. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so I finally, I finally told my wife we should open a franchise. You know, we have some money saved up. We were, my wife in particular, but we're both very prodigious uh, savers. Mm-hmm. So we had some money saved up for that. And I started looking at opening franchises. So I was, I didn't really care what it was. I was looking, mm-hmm. at, you know, uh, uh, like gyms type or oh, yeah. three, three fitness. I was talking to them at one point. Oh wow, uh, maybe I should have done that one instead. <laughs> uh, we just had a bunch that we were looking through, haircutting places. Oh, cool. and And I talked to a guy uh, that my brother-in-law knew who had said, yeah, you can buy a new bu- You can start a new business and then take a lot of risk that way. Or if you buy an existing business, then you already have a good feel for what how they're going to perform. Mm, yeah. So at that point, I went and looked uh, at um, bizbuysell.com uh, and saw oh, yeah. businesses that were for sale in, in Salt Lake area. And... Unbeknownst to me, because we'd been out of the state during the during the cycle, there had been a tea uh, incident in South uh, the, the Dickies and Sandy. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, and a lady had almost died. It was a terrible incident, but um, sales at Dickies had plummeted, oh, and wow. so like every Dickies in the state was for sale. Holy crap! Practically, yeah. And the 
one of the top performing Dickies had has this store in West Valley, and the numbers looked great, and they, what they were asking for was super reasonable. We didn't realize it because they had this tea poisoning thing. <laughs> oh, jeez. So we started looking at it and thinking about it and praying about it, and we thought it might be a good opportunity. We went and met with the, with the guy that was selling it. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, uh, during that time, my friend brought up this tea thing, and so we started look asking them about it, and they're like, "Oh well, sales are down, but but that was in September that the sales went down, but in October they saw a bump, and we're like, oh well, they're past it, right? It's a one month yeah. thing. Yeah, but it wasn't a one month. It wasn't. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, so we bought this we bought this Dickies in December of 2015. Wow. No, 2014. So we've owned them just over five years now. That's crazy. Bought the first one, quit my job, and then it was just terrifying. Uh, went through it. I mean, it was it was just there was a ton of uncertainty, and I realized mm-hmm. just after I bought it, the numbers came in for November, which were horrible. The sales oh, wow. numbers because I bought it December first, and then I realized, oh, this is not a one month blip. This is a this is a long term thing. Yeah, and we've got to tighten our belts. Oh, uh, so we did. Yeah, we tightened our belts uh, and we started working hard and really pushing catering and yeah. our sales. We like moved to the top of the of the Utah stores. We were like wow. number one or two every single month in sales. Uh, we were barely supporting our family, less than what we were accustomed to as an engineer, but we were, mm. we were getting by. Yeah. And um, and then the store in Farmington opened up for sale. And so I owned this real estate, this duplex. And so I borrowed against that duplex. I mm-hmm. borrowed from my mom actually against that duplex, bought the store in Farmington mm-hmm. and it had a great, in fact, it was like that I bought it. And then that summer it was like pre T incident numbers. Wow. I'm like, okay, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're doing pretty well here. So this is it, good. Yeah. And, yeah. and then uh, about six or seven months later, we'd finally sold some properties. We don't up in Ogden that were total losers and we got our money back out of them. Yeah. And, the Salt Lake Dickies came available, and so we bought the Salt Lake Dickies. So we had through all three of them. And oh wow! Had two phenomenal months. I felt like I was a financial genius. And, <laughs> and then, like for whatever reason, I'm not sure. It was the you know it was just at the time that the election cycle was happening, and when weird elections are happening, consumers behave weird. You probably see that in oh, the car yeah. industry. It's weird. So our sales just dropped off, Jeez. and. Uh, then in addition to that, catering went down and that corresponded with Dickie's doing a menu change. Wow. And that was terrible because people, oh, no. I didn't know this, but people become like emotionally attached to, they do to menus. Yeah, and they when do. They're cha- and we didn't drop any products. Well, one, like one or two small things. Yeah. People were just flipped out. They stopped coming. That's not, well, I, I've, me personally, I've done that too, where I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I go order the same thing and then it switches on you. And you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they, so we got punished by that. And, it, and oh, we went wow. through a couple of years that were really rough. And it, mm-hmm. it corresponded with uh, with up in Farmington, them opening like 10 new restaurants in Farmington mm. Station. Yeah. And it was just spreading spreading, uh, spreading the number of buyers too thin. So we, wow. at that point, we closed the Farmington store. It was it was really draining us. Yeah. And, and consolidated on the, these two stores. And since then, they've rebounded. And we've had, uh, the last couple of years have been, awesome but great that's awesome i think that uh you mentioned er earlier about the politics stuff like when that drops off like election years that's such a true thing i didn't think that was real until i i'd been through like car sales and stuff but that is the weirdest thing that i've i can never i haven't done a lot of research about it but i can't figure out how that works people just like hold on to their money even if it's like 
they don't know or yeah i don't know that's nuts yeah it's a weird thing and i this year with it being covid and now there being race riot issues and yeah a crazy election year Gosh. where an incumbent may not get reelected i mean it's i have no idea what what yeah. the markets are going to do it's going to be nuts it's scary to see that so another thing that along with uh your chemical engineering degree owning two dickies um you are, you're also a politician per se yes you've been on city so, councils yeah so i just served on the city council in north salt lake for eight years i mm. guess that's my claim to being a politician and then i <laughs> ran for the legislature and lost so uh, well, that's all so right there you go i've, got, I've uh, my foray into politics has been uh, local service and then losing a state race well, how was that? How was uh, the state race? I bet that was just a fun experience. Maybe. Yeah, it it was like I love talking to people about politics and mm-hmm. what what bothers them and and yeah. thinking about ideas on how to make things better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I feel like I'm very grounded and have a lot of life experience um, that helps me relate to people and also yeah. understands both sides of issues. Sure. Um, so that that part I loved. It was a ton of work. Oh, I bet. Running for the legislature, we started in January, and then by March, we were like every spare moment out knocking doors and talking to people, <laughs> oh, calling people on the phone. <laughs> oh, and then we went to convention, and I won big at convention, uh, but they changed the rules, and so my, both of my opponents got through because of they'd gathered signatures. Wow. So then I had to face them again. I, I won by enough of a margin that I would have just been in. There wouldn't yeah. have been a runoff, but instead we had a runoff, and I lost in the runoff. and. Uh, losing a, a race is much less fun than winning a race when you're sure. for politics. <laughs> no. But really, by the time it happened <clears throat> at the end of June, we were just so relieved to be done. Just done. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to finally just stop and say, okay, it didn't end wow. the way I wanted to, but at least I'm done. I, I've i always been like really interested in politics, but never to the point where I'm going to like run or anything because I just... I just don't know how I'd feel about running it like that or, or being in a debate. Did you have a debate? Was there like a debate for that? We had a couple of debates. They were very regulated debates. So it's not exactly what, it's not like you see on TV. Sure. There were three of us and people don't really want to listen to multiple hours of you guys the, talking. Yeah, I bet. Well, and even like, I'm not a fan of the debates. The main reason why is I think, I think we don't get the real story half the time. I think they're canned questions or like loaded questions mm-hmm. and they're shot to like, I tried to watch the, uh, the governor debate for Utah. I don't know how you feel about any of the candidates, but after doing some research on them, I just didn't like any of them. <laughs> I was like, gosh, I don't know. Spe- like Spencer Cox or uh, Huntsman and Kafusi and, uh, I don't even remember the other one. There's four. Uh, Greg Hughes is running. That's right. And, uh, oh, it's Thomas Wright. Okay. Yeah. And I listened, I tried to listen to him, but I could not like Huntsman sounded like he was on this robot thing. And I felt like, I felt like Spencer Cox, like kind of knew what was going on, but he didn't really know what was going on. Like personally, I don't know. So I just never, but it's something that I've like, I've kind of gotten back into because I used to, I'll I'll admit, I used to not vote Mm. because I just really, I just felt like it didn't matter. Like I was like, eh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to vote for this guy and he's probably not even going to do what I voted him in for. Right. So why should I even vote? But now I've kind of like, I've, I've learned some philosophies and like politics. And so like, okay, I'm going to vote. I try to vote for policies though. Like I'll find somebody whose policies like that I align with Yeah. versus like, I don't care if your last name is Huntsman or Cox or whatever. Like if you want, if you're going for what I think matters, then I'll go for it. Right. Yeah. 
but man, I just that got that this governor race just hasn't impressed me a whole lot. Well, it's I actually I I haven't dug too much into what they're currently saying. Yeah. I know all four of the candidates. Okay. Um, I mean, I've never met and talked to Huntsman in person. Sure. I mean, I, he's probably hard guy to get a hold of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I. So one one thing you haven't mentioned is I'm I'm a musician in the army band, and I. Oh, there you go. So I've played at of course at least one and maybe two of his of his inaugural events. Oh wow. So <laughs> I guess I saw him there. Heard him speak a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, but you know Thomas Wright was the chair of the Republican Party, and so he's okay. he's kind of out there. There's people that don't like him for that, and some people that do like him because of that. Mm-hmm. Greg Hughes makes me nervous. Uh, he's, <laughs> I feel like there's a vein. I'm so I'm uh, in full disclosure. I'm Republican. I'm conservative, but I'm, yeah. I'm a I'm a moderate Republican. I feel, and there's a vein in in the Republican Party that I feel is not helpful. Yeah, and I think he's from that vein. Oh yeah, uh, people that are just really kind of. Uh, there's not a lot of empathy there. It's a very, right. uh, uh, it's based, based off of ideals that, that in practice don't always work. Sure. But they don't, anyway. So uh, he makes me nervous and I yeah. and I definitely not voting for him. The other three though, I could see myself supporting any of them, but I, sure. I've actually interacted with uh, Spencer Cox quite a bit as the Lieutenant Governor. And okay. He's pretty, he's a pretty impressive guy. Okay. Well, yeah. And, and just, I think he was the only one I can't remember who it was now, but I think he was the one where I was like, I, I told myself like, um, well, he's got one policy that I would go for. And I think it was mental health that he was a proponent for like the mental health crisis. And I was like, okay, see, that's something that I could go for because all the rest of the stuff, I was just like, I don't really care about it. Yeah. Cause I'm, so I'll tell you, I don't really know. I haven't done a whole lot of research. I feel like I'm libertarian after the research, that I've done, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so disenfranchised with, I, I couldn't go Republican or Democrat. Like my, my parents, like I grew up really Republican, but I grew up in Iowa, mm-hmm. which is the weirdest state in the world. Yeah. I've lived there. Those that don't know. That's I lived, right. I live just up the river from <laughs> Fort from Madison. Dalton. That's right. Isn't Iowa the weirdest state? Oh yeah. It's like, um, it's, I think it's such a swing state because like you have these corn farmer work, like buy your bootstraps. Like if you want it done, get it done. Cause I heard that all grown up. Like I'd never heard of a, I like I talk to my friends and they're like we're Democrat, and then I'd hear you know my crazy alt right family going like all Democrats want our handouts, and then I'd go to like work on this farm, and I got this guy who told me he was a Democrat, but he's like I'm not paying you crap if you don't work. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like this is but but then in the next breath he'd be like I'm voting for the Democrat or whoever's a Democrat, and I was like this is the weirdest thing that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've listened to some studies. I don't know, maybe it wasn't studies. Maybe I was just driving, listening to NPR as I was driving. But they were talking yeah. about, uh, probably wasn't on NPR, probably read it somewhere, but mm-hmm. they were talking about how children inherit their politics from their parents. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's a pretty strong indicator. You know, that's passed mm-hmm. on. And so people, like I grew up a Republican. I'm a Republican. Like, yeah. That's just it. Yeah. And and now that I've gotten an adult and become more critical in my thinking, I've yeah. recognized that there's ideals that I support in the Republican Party mm-hmm. that are missing in their Democratic Party. So I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. But a lot of people, they just grow up hating the other side, and Which they is don't nuts. ever stop to think, what does the other side even believe, or why yeah. do they think that way? Yeah. And that's kind of how I. Um, that's kind of how I. What happened to me was because I was seeing a lot of this stuff. Um, 
like a lot of the things that like Republican or like the Republicans want are good. And I think some of the things that Democrats want are good. I think that we, I think what really pulled me away from both parties though, is this kind of crony capitalism at a, at a, like a really top level, you know, like colleges, not edu- not the education is a bad, but the colleges like bearing no risk for their uh, products essentially. Right. So you go to a college, they offer a product, which is an education. Um, normally, like if you were going to if I was going to go buy a car and I needed a loan, right. I, the banks would look and even a house, right. We were talking about you selling a house before this, they would look heavily into loan to value, right. I'm not going to give you more money than what the house, house is worth. And if I do, it's going to be because of your history, maybe, or maybe, you know what I mean? Some credit issues. And by the way, I think credit is like a scam too. <laughs> like, so I don't, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but, but not with colleges, right? Like you can go spend $60,000 and get an art degree. Right. And I'm not bashing art degrees. I'm just saying like, if the, if the college gave you $60,000 and respected and, and expected a return on that 60 grand, I don't know if they would either they wouldn't offer it right. or they might not charge 60 grand for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, and I'm at I'm at the point where my oldest kids are now in school. Mm-hmm. So my son, my oldest son, will be at University of Utah this fall, and my second son is, has been accepted to University of Utah, but he's going on his mission first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he'll be in a couple of years. Yeah, and I've told him it's a lot of money. Yeah. So get a degree <laughs> that leads to a job. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I studied engineering, and by the end of the engineering degree, yeah. I was like, I'm not sure engineering's for me. Like I, it's there's things about my personality that doesn't fit easily into this engineering role. Right. However, it's a, it's a great, I mean, it's a good earning wage. It's a good yeah. job. And yeah. so I didn't, I didn't throw it out the window and say, well, I'm going to go study, you know, modern art real quick because, <laughs> right. you know, I, I realized that I invested a lot of money into this thing and I wanted to get some return on that. Yeah. And a lot of people don't view college that way. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I was saying. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a free college person because I don't, I don't believe in free college. I just, yeah, that's not me, but I don't believe in what's happening right now either. Like, I think that's crazy. So my word was like affordable college. Like, I think the colleges should have to compete like everybody else. Like information's a commodity now. Well, they do. That's, that, that's exactly the problem is that there is a limited space for a degree, and there's a limited number of people that the market will bear in various fields. Mm-hmm. There's only so many history majors we can graduate every year and yeah. find jobs, and it's like three. Right. Uh, there's only, but really, there's only so <laughs> many. Chem- there's only so many engineers that can be we can we can support, and so that's true. So by yeah. its nature, there is a limit um, to the value of that education based off the jobs that are available that we can create. And yeah, um, I like that. So what, what the colleges do is they said, well, here's the price that I can pay where I can get people to come in and the fill the slots I've got available. Mm -hmm. So the government says, well, everyone should go to college. Mm -hmm. So we're going to make now grants super affordable and everyone can get student loans. Awesome. Colleges say, except for (laughs) I can't handle more people than that. Right. So what they do, they raise their prices yeah. accordingly. Yeah. And with the extra money, they buy football coaches and they put, build new buildings. Yeah, which, which is, is nuts. what we've seen all over because <sighs> the colleges are still competing for the top kids. Yeah. And they don't want to increase their enrollment because of the additional funding. So they just keep the same number of kids coming in. They become yeah. more selective in what they do and they just raise their yeah. rates. And that's really just unintended consequences. So well-meaning Politicians on both sides of the aisle <laughs> yeah, came I up agree with these with that. plans, yep. Yep. and rather than making colleges affordable for everyone, affordable for everyone, they just made it so everyone can go to college, but then be burdened with these crazy debts. Yeah. And rather than going and saying, "Huh, the problem is, is the loans and the and 
that we're giving out to kids for degrees that don't have value or limited value, instead of recognizing that's the problem, now they're saying, well, now we need to come up with a loan forgiveness program so that we can then help these kids that have graduated and we've given all this money to and they can't yeah. pay back their loans. Yeah. Well, they can't pay back their loans for the exact reason you mentioned is yeah. that their degrees don't have the value yeah. commiserate with the debt they've brought on. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just like, yeah, loan to value. Like it's not, I mean, like I said, I'm not bashing music or art. I think all those are really important. I just don't think it's worth 60 grand. Right. And I don't think the market thinks it's worth 60 grand either. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, all, because, because like I said, I just, uh, so that's one of them that I'm just like, geez, man, I just don't understand this. And then insurance. So not healthcare. So I think we, I don't know. I think healthcare, the healthcare stuff gets kind of mixed up with the insurance stuff, like the health insurance stuff. Okay. Cause I think healthcare is fine. I think, I don't think, um, I don't have, like my uncle is a doctor, went through a lot of school, a lot of, you know, I wouldn't want um, anybody working on my brain or whatever, but but the insurance, I think, is the biggest thing that I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. So the so what do, what do you do about insurance? Like insurance companies, because hospitals, I feel like they have to compete, right? But when Walmart runs pilot programs for having like health clinics in their Walmarts, and they don't accept like Medicare and Medicaid. I that's that was a huge red flag for me. Yeah. So you you just mentioned something that I disagree with, which is hospitals have to compete. Okay. Hospitals don't have to compete. Okay. Because the problem we have with our there's lots of problems, but one problem we have with <laughs> sure, our healthcare sure. program or a system in America is there's a total disconnect between what I, the consumer, is paying and what you or your uncle, the provider, is paying. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, neither one of us know what that charge is. That's, yeah, that's a good point. So when I go to my doctor, I talk to a lady out front, or a man, I'm not a sexist, <laughs> the individual out <laughs> front takes mm -hmm. my insurance information. And then I go in and talk to my doctor about my health. And neither one of us know what this, what the fee is associated with my service. Yeah. How can there be market pressures if neither one of us know what we're what I'm paying. That yeah, that's a good point. And that's because yeah. insurance companies have gotten in the middle of this mess, which is the pro I think is the problem. That's the pro that's mm -hmm. the large part of the problem. So yeah. if I had a health issue and I go to you and you're my doctor mm -hmm. and I say, "Hey, I've got this health issue. What are my options?" Mm -hmm. And you're like, "Well, you can do this surgery or you can like maybe go to a chiropractor or you can just take an aspirin every night. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, like right now, I just think which of these things is like more comfortable for me. But then if you say, hey, you can do surgery, it's going to cost you $10,000. Mm -hmm. You can go to a chiropractor, and it's going to cost you $500 a year. I don't know how much they cost. Probably yeah, more sure. than that. But or you can get, get aspirin, which, you know, you can buy over the counter and it's going to be 20 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. Whatever those those things are. Then I now I've attached a price to the service and mm -hmm. I'm making a decision based off of not just what's more convenient to me, yeah. but also what the cost is. Yeah. And that's missing right now mm -hmm. and when we go to doctors. And so doctors, hospitals compete over like bedside mm -hmm. manner and competency of their doctors. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which are important things. Sure. But they're not competing off of price because I, the consumer, have disconnected from what I'm paying. When I pay my, when my, I mm -hmm. and my employer, pay for my health insurance, there's a total disconnect between the eventual use of that product that I'm right. paying for up front. Right. Well, and I think you brought up a good point there because that is the, um, that's the thing is like, everybody's like, you know, <clears throat> we want this single payer healthcare system or free healthcare and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, 
I understand where you're coming from, but I'm also at the same, on the same token, I'm like, I'm like, guys, um, if I can go into a hospital and I'm going to have a baby and the hospital says you can pay, um, in cash and I'll give you a 20% discount. Like, why is it cheaper to go in and pay cash when I have insurance? Like, then why did I have insurance the whole time? Right. Yeah. Like if you, Hey, if you just come in here and pay cash, you, you don't need to, they don't need to know. They don't need to know. We'll shake hands and we'll be done. Yeah. Like there's no, <laughs> and you, the fact that you can go in and negotiate a bill for your healthcare is insane to me. Yeah. Or, well, <laughs> what's insane is that there's already this prepaid <clears throat> program that you've got. Yeah. Instead of always negotiating a bill for your insurance. Sure. Yeah. I, I, this didn't happen, but it was being considered. There's a there's a family friend from when I was a kid, so I haven't seen him for years. But mm-hmm. the husband, the husband died, mm-hmm. and and his whole life he'd had a mustache. <laughs> well, when he goes inside there for the care or whatever, they shave off his mustache so they can treat him and put you know oxygen yeah. or whatever. <clears throat> he ends up being in some type of a vegetative state. He's mm-hmm. not going to make it. Yeah, and the family has to decide whether whether they're going to pull the plug or not. Okay, and they decide they're going to pull the plug. And the next thing they decide to have to decide is, do we pull the plug now or do we wait for two weeks so his mustache can grow back so he'll have the mustache at the viewing? What? Well, I mean, they're having this a conversation as a family around this question. And Holy they decide ultimately to pull the plug and they say their goodbyes. Okay. And at the viewing, okay. he doesn't have a mustache. Okay. But they easily could have waited two weeks. Which is nuts. It is totally nuts. But it's within the... Their purview as a as a family, like the guy had insurance. Sure. They'd already reached their premium. They're not paying any more out of pocket for him to stay there for oh two more goodness. weeks. And they could have decided, hey, we're going to hold off and see if he recovers so that his mustache could grow back. That's allowed. And that's- That's nuts. Yeah, that's totally ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> what in the world? So like, I guess what's, and what I feel like is missing. So like, here's why I got disenfranchised with like some of the governor candidates and like mayoral candidates that we've seen. Um, is like, I, the, I, I don't feel like I'm getting talked to about these kinds of things. Like, cause I also believe one of the things I also believe in, um, and this came after, so I got my degree in accounting. This came after I took my second governmental accounting class. And I realized that like, they don't have to play by any of the rules that they wrote. So like, um, like appropriations and things like this, I'm like, what the heck? Like, so if you're going to run it like Dickies, right? You can, you can go off of one of two accounting methods and you probably go off an accrual basis of accounting. We do a little bit of both. A little bit. Every, every, at the end of every month, my wife shows me our, <laughs> cash, our cash, cash flow and our yeah. accrual cash flow. But yeah. we look at both. Yeah. So you, yeah but, and, and, and Gap. And uh, so if you're a private company, Gap allows you to switch. Um, you, can't, you can't switch a lot, but you can switch. But what you can't do is run them at the same time for whatever's convenient at the time. Right. But the government can which is insane, insane. If I did that, if you did that as a business owner, if I did that as a business owner, the government, the FBI would come in and shut it down. If they caught wind of that, that you'd be done, which is insane. But like the government can do that. And so I got disenfranchised with these kinds of things because I was like, I don't see any like anything that I feel like is real. So I, I'm a big state's rights. I believe in like big state's rights. Like if I were president, the, I'd get rid of three things right away. I'd get rid of the IRS. Because <laughs> I would go to a flat tax and a, I'd go to a flat tax and a value added tax for businesses. And then I would get rid of the U.S. Postal Service because that thing is just that loses more money than anything in the world. Like like Amazon went from 
using FedEx to using UPS because UPS undercut them, but they're losing money. And then I, and then I would get rid of, well, we can talk education. That's what I would get rid of the U.S. Department of Education. <laughs> like I just let them, let the states figure out how they want to do education. Okay. And then you can live in what state works for you. All right. I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. And so I feel like when I look at these candidates and I look at like some stuff, I'm just like, man, I don't feel, I just don't feel it. Well, you're, you're definitely libertarian. <laughs> uh, well, however, yeah. There's there's two sides of libertarians. So libertarians okay. want minimal government, okay, and they don't want any rules like you know they they want to be able to smoke dope and have prostitutes and that kind of stuff. Sure. So they want to decriminalize a lot of behavior. Sure. And then they want a limited government. Okay. And if you're if you're a libertarian because you want the limited government, yeah, then you probably should vote Republican. Yeah. If you are a libertarian <laughs> because you want to be able to smoke dope and have prostitutes, then you should probably vote Democrat. The vote Democrat. Well, but if you vote yeah, Libertarian, the yeah. candidate's not going to win. So just that's just, true. Well, that's the other thing I got mad about because I was like, yeah, I see some of these Libertarian candidates and the problem I have with voting for someone like a Libertarian candidate, because I've looked at them, they're kooks, man. Mm-hmm. They're, they're weird people. Yeah. They're not normal for the most part. Like it's kind of weird. Like I thought the closest person I thought to like the last during this pro presidential candidate candidate uh, run was I thought Andrew Yang was more libertarian, like economist than Democrat for the most part. Like that's how I felt. Okay. I didn't feel like what he was saying wasn't a whole lot, like except for like UBI and stuff like that, which I, I didn't really agree with a lot of the other stuff, like his economic policies. I was like, is that really Democrat? I didn't know if it was super democratic. Right. Uh, all I know about him is my kids were all over it. They were, they, as a joke, they were always talking oh, about yang, really? yang gang. <laughs> yang gang. But, but also they liked the idea of getting a thousand bucks every month for, for just Yeah, living. see, that's why exactly. That's why I didn't like it at all. I didn't like that. But, um, but yeah, and so that, that's just what, so yeah, libertarian. And like I said, I just, they're, they're weird people. I was like, okay, I'll, let me look at this libertarian guy. And then I'm like, oh, this guy's the weirdest dude I've ever seen. Like next, like now yeah. I know why that doesn't exist. <laughs> Yeah. So, it, uh, but I think that there, there certainly is an element to the Republican Party that that aligns with a lot of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, that the, and I'm and I'm a fiscal conservative, so that for me, the fiscal policy is very important, and, mm-hmm. it's, and it's discouraging yeah. when yeah. we have a president like George W. Bush, yeah, who says all the right things and spends like crazy. Right. And then you know we elect a businessman. I'm going to say that in air quotes, even though I didn't actually <laughs> yeah, right. do air quotes uh, as president. And and he's setting a new record for spend. And yeah. that's before the trillions of dollars that went into coronavirus. Yeah, yeah he's going to end up as the spending the most of any president, and uh, which is crazy in in the history of our country, um, because of coronavirus. But even if we hadn't had that, he probably still would have. He's just, he he would have spent the most. He's just spends like crazy, and that yeah. that to me is uh, antithetical to what I believe the Republicans should should. Mm. should want and yeah. the, and the republicans say that they're all about fiscal responsibility until their guys in the white house and then they just spend money yeah and then they just go crazy and that to me that's discouraging and, and i thought you know more than once i thought maybe i should just leave the republican party right maybe mm-hmm. it's not for me even mm-hmm. though i ran as a republican yeah. as state legislature yeah but i don't think that's the answer mm-hmm. um a lot of people leave the leave a party because they don't like the way the party's going mm-hmm and I would love it if we could have a third or a fourth or a fifth viable party in the United States, but sure. it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I'm, that's so it's yeah. it's better to stay in your party and try to through your vote move it back towards the middle. 
move back or move it towards fiscal responsibility. Yeah, vote yeah. for the Republican candidate who's fiscally responsible. <laughs> if you're uncomfortable with the extreme of your party, which I am, yeah. vote for the moderate guys. Yeah, like that's how you bring your party back from the brink, kind of where you want it to be. Instead of just saying, "I'm done. I'm 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 leaving. I'm not I'm not going to register as a Republican anymore." <laughs> yeah, you you know what's funny is like when I turned 18 in Iowa. You had to register for a party. And I didn't know you that you didn't have to or something like that. But uh, as a joke, um, I've, I, for some reason, bull, the bull moose party was still on the ballot. Yeah. And I, and I was like, what's that? So that's actually my first taste of uh, politics was like, oh, Teddy Roosevelt, right? Tried to run more than he could. So he invented this fake party, this bull moose party yep. and ran again uh-huh. to try to win. <laughs> and so I was like, sweet. I had no clue what it meant. That's so funny. that's, that's my, but I, but I remember like, Oh yeah, I'll do the bull moose party. Yeah. But, but yeah, I just, and then this whole presidential race is nuts. So you said earlier that you weren't sure if the incumbent's going to win. Now, uh, I, I don't know who I'm going to vote for and you don't have to say who you're going to vote for, but I just, I thought Bernie could beat Trump. I was like, oh, okay. If Bernie wins the DNC, like Bernie could probably win. But then they got Joe Biden. See, and I, and I, feel, <sighs> I feel just the opposite of you. Okay. I think if Bernie had won, there's no way he beats Trump. Oh, really? Okay. And the reason I feel that is because he, the Democrats are going to vote okay. for whoever the Democrats throw up. Sure. And a certain percentage of the Republicans are going to vote for Trump no matter who comes up. That's yeah. But sure. the moderates are going to make the, the difference. Right. And the, and the, and the conservative Democrats <laughs> and the moderate Republicans, like those people are going to decide because they're the people that are in play. Yeah, for sure. And the, the, the moderates and certainly any, almost all the Republicans would be turned mm-hmm. off by the socialist rhetoric of Bernie Sanders. That's yeah. That's yeah. So Biden, I can see that Biden's not a great candidate. I'm not, uh, yeah. sh- I'm not entirely sure he knows he's running for president. <laughs> That's like, what I'm saying. Like there is some. Uh, I don't know if he knows what he's at. There is some early onset dementia happening. At least that's dude, my opinion, I, dude. Yeah, but mm. uh, but I think he's going to win because the moderates mm-hmm. in, in both parties can accept him as a viable alternative. I'm, I'm, like him against sure. a lot of other people, they'd be like, "Nah, I'm not going for it." Sure, him. sure. But they are so opposed to what Trump is doing mm-hmm. and the lack of leadership they're seeing from him mm-hmm. that they're like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go for four years of a guy who's not sure he's president <laughs> over four more years over, of Trump. Over four more years of Trump. Well, and that's the, and, and because, and that's okay that, that we disagree, right? Because I, because I thought like, I thought Bernie got robbed at the DNC. I don't know why the Democratic Party hates that dude so much. They're afraid of him. Ah, oh, that Be- was nuts. Because he's not really a Democrat. <laughs> he only joins the party when he runs for president. And then he goes independent other than that because he's sure. a socialist. Sure. He's a little bit different than what they are. Just like libertarian is a little different sure. than what the Republicans are. Right. I. But but the whole talk that I heard was like, Bernie, 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 Bernie. And then Joe comes out of nowhere. I didn't know Joe was running. I didn't know that Joe Biden was running for president. Until like somebody said something and, um, or until like a debate or something. And then I was like, holy crap, this guy's running. I was like, there's no way. And so, so yeah, I felt like I, I just don't know how Joe went. And that's okay. That's I, I don't right. think the Democrats are very excited about him. Yeah, but, they, I, they but, can't be. But he's a palatable alternative. <laughs> sure. And and they're more interested yeah. in in winning back the White House yeah. than getting the guy that makes them excited. I, I Yeah, I'm with you on that. And that's, I think, why... 
a lot of our economy has dipped besides the coronavirus, which is such a weird thing. You know, when the crash happened in 08, if you had money, you could at least go spend money. Like if, you know, if I was well off or I had done some smart things or whatever, whatever, whatever happened and you had money, you could spend it. But in the coronavirus, man, like even if you have money, it's really hard to spend it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's the part of the economy thing that I'm like, I don't know how it bounces back a whole lot. Although housing really didn't get hit. We were talking about that a little bit before this, but. Well, I think the time's going to come. I think it's going to get hit because there's a lot of house sales, at least in Utah, are still going super strong. However, Which is nuts. Pe- there's less people with money. And when there's yeah. less people with money, eventually those <laughs> buyers slow down. Sure. And then home values drop because now you have less buyers for your product. It's, mm-hmm. It has to happen. That's what I keep hearing. But, and and I'm with you. I'm not saying that it like I'm not this like blind capitalist. that's like it's never going to happen. Yeah. But I'm just like man. I just ha- I thought it would happen sooner. Really. Yeah. And, and I think you know I, I mentioned before why I think that 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 uh, Trump is going to lose okay. the presidency. Yeah. And it's because I think that the midterm. I'm sorry, not the midterm. The second term election is a referendum on the sitting president. It's has nothing to do with the new guy. That's People true. People decide. Yeah, that's do true. Do I like our existing president? Is what he doing working for me? Sure, sure. And no president in their right mind wants to go into their fourth year of their first term with a global <laughs> pandemic, <laughs> global. a crash in the economy, dude, race riots, and which is nuts. Yeah. So yeah, which like this, this is a like this is bad stuff for him, and and yeah. people are going to get to the into the to vote. And I was going to say the voting booth, but probably vote by mail, whatever they yeah, do yeah. in the fall. And they're yeah. going to think, are things going well in my life right now? <laughs> no. And I think enough, we're going to say no. <laughs> yeah, I think and, they're yeah. Gonna, and they're going to yeah. vote for the other guy. So, okay, this is kind of aside from politics, but here's what's up with voting. I feel like we're sophisticated enough to like vote online or like, I don't know. I don't know enough about the whole um, system of voting. Like I know, like I voted before, right? I'd, I'd usually do a mail-in ballot because I'd, I don't want to go stand in line forever, but that's my problem. Why it's 2020. I, yeah. can, I can get, I can get Burger King to my front door in 20 minutes on my phone and it's secure, right? Like, cause I've heard this argument and this is kind of where I haven't done enough research and I'll, and I'll be admit a little bit of ignorance here, but this is my thinking. I can do online mobile banking and I can have everything on my cell phone and I can, and I can buy a, a $1.5, million house on DocuSign and wire transfer the money to you in, in three minutes. But I can't vote for a candidate electronically. Right. That's nuts to me. And that's my line of thinking. And like I said, I might be a little. No, I don't think you're too far <laughs> off. But, but I think both parties are really uncomfortable with the idea of, of our elections being hacked some way. Okay. So they want there to be a paper trail. <laughs> sure so even when you go yeah. even in utah when you'd go and vote in person and you'd go to the booth and you'd tick the box or whatever they mm-hmm. would they would print up a paper record next to you so you'd be mm-hmm. like okay whatever happens someone can go through and read these paper things mm-hmm. um so i'm not really opposed to the mail-in ballot it's been happening yeah. we've been doing it in utah now oh, for, for sure. years yeah. it's working well yeah yeah I, that's I fine um but this whole this whole argument thing is kind of a the voter, the voter fraud thing to me is a, is a facade. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, and it's a little ugly. Yeah, um, you know the the Republican Party, and I'm a member of it. It's trying, <laughs> it's trying to disenfranchise voters. 
There's yeah. they, they keep beating this drum about, you know, Democrats cheating at the ballot box. People, yeah. It's just it does let me I think it happens mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah. And yeah. it's super small. Yeah, I think so. Elections are not being won or lost because of voter fraud. Yeah. And it's not happening just because Democrats are cheating. <laughs> both sides are probably. Oh, doing yeah. It I don't trust. Yeah. I don't trust either one of them. Uh, but the Republicans say we want to make sure everyone has proper ID and that they're coming in. Right. Mm-hmm. We, want, we don't want people mm-hmm. to vote. They, can't, they shouldn't be voting. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm OK with that. Totally. Except yeah, for the, okay with that. what that means is that some of these fringe voters that don't have the proper ID get excluded. Okay. Well, those voters tend to vote Democrat. That's, so, yeah. Well, so the Republicans, yeah. the Republican leadership keeps saying, well, hey, we need to make sure that people have proper ID so we don't have voter fraud. Mm. When really what they're saying is, we don't want extra voters coming in for the other side. <laughs> I think that's the reality of it. That which is crazy. And, and my opinion is that... If we're going to err, let's err on the side of letting people vote. Mm-hmm. If if something's going to happen, I'm okay as long as we get people a chance to vote. Yeah, and, yeah, I think so. And the Democrats on the other side, they're saying, hey, we're going to get benefit by having these other people vote. So we want to loosen the restrictions sure. so we can get all these people that are on the fringe of society, mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. disenfranchised individuals, in to vote because most of them are going to are going to fall our way. Yeah, and um, so I'm. It's just weird. It is a little weird. That that it's it's weird that we're neither side is well the Democrats are happy to call a spade a spade but the Republicans can't say <laughs> what the real plan is so right. they just keep talking about hey we want to make sure people aren't cheating and when things don't go away we're going to claim they cheated yeah we're going to claim voter fraud which I think is nuts that's like nuts. but but that's my point is like we you should be able to do some kind of there shouldn't be like huge lines and you got to wait all day and like miss work or something no. to vote that's crazy that's right because like I said like you're telling me that of my vote getting hacked is worse than me losing $2 million because, or like my, all my banking information. Cause some dude hacked my phone and made me switch my SIM card and now has control of my phone. Like that's like me losing a vote is more important than that. Like, no, yeah, well, I don't but know. I don't if know. If you look at the grand scheme of thing, if, <clears throat> if they can, if they can steal an election, that's much more than your $1.2 million. That's house. well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about billions of dollars or, or trillions of dollars, at yeah, stake with like, for whatever with things you care about. That, yeah, um, yeah. So the stakes are actually higher, I think, for the election than for you buying your house. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not, and then see that, and and I admitted that before because I might be a little ignorant, but that that was my train of thought, and because yeah. I was just like, man, I can get anything I want, and it's for the most part, it's pretty secure. Now, when I took my, um, I had to take a class, you know, on on a, like. Um, digital uh, information systems because accounting is going to a lot of information systems and our, even our, our information systems teacher was like, it's not, if you get hacked, it's when you get hacked. (laughs) So, I mean, I get it. It's not perfect, but I just feel like there's gotta be a better way than standing outside all day. Oh, I think the mail-in ballot system works. I think I'm fine with it. I mean, certainly there's situations where ballots come and someone's died. And so someone else feels out for themselves and they, break the law, but no one ever finds out, you know, that kind of stuff happens. Sure. But, um, but I think you're mostly it works. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen an elect someone win or lose an election by one vote. You know, usually it's by quite a few. And if you take, if you say, okay, you have a margin of error, you go statistics, you have a margin of error plus or minus 10%. Well, usually you find that like a candidate won by greater than the margin of error. So that's really not a, issue even if you go off of that right yeah. 
So that's, yeah. I want to come back to something you mentioned earlier and you, yeah. you kind of, I don't know if you mentioned it, but you mentioned something, maybe, maybe consider it. And I think, yeah. Uh, as a, as elected official, I just wanted to frequently people would email me okay. and they would say, I voted for you. Therefore you need to do this for me. Oh, geez. Like, you know, uh, there'd be some issue before the city council. Uh, okay. Maybe we're voting on uh, whether or not to allow apartments in uh, in a certain zone. Okay. And they'd go in and say, hey, I live by that. I don't want apartments. I voted for you. You need to make sure I don't get apartments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and my feeling, well, my feeling strongly is, and I would respond to them. Yeah. In not these words, I'd be much more delicate in how I said <laughs> it. But... I feel like we elect candidates and they need to vote their conscience. Yeah. Even if that their conscience is opposite to what you would like them to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's a dang, it's a slippery slope when a candidate starts trying to guess what you want and, yeah, and do good. the things that you want them that's do you not, think they yeah. want to do instead of what they don't. Yeah. And, and my feeling was if you don't like the way I'm voting and how mm-hmm. I'm behaving as a candidate mm-hmm. on your behalf, you have recourse. Don't mm-hmm. vote for me next yeah, time. Yeah, don't vote. Yeah. Vote for, for someone else. Vote yeah. for the other guy mm-hmm. because it, it's it's better for our politicians to be true to themselves mm-hmm. than to be fake. Yeah. Whether that's whether they're whether they're doing things because their financial backers want them to, mm-hmm. or because they think their voters do. You know, Bill Clinton, whatever you I know you were a lot younger than me, so you, you <laughs> know the Bill Clinton era. But Bill yeah. Clinton was all about polling. He pulled the heck out of everything. Yeah. And he would, you know, he would go whichever the majority wanted. This ongoing polling That's that was weird. happening, and it wasn't always like that. But there were certain sure. things that he did along that line. And when I was on the city council, I I'd get inundated sometimes with emails, and I'd think, man, I just got seventy five emails on this. Yeah. And, and seventy of them were opposed to this thing. Yeah. And I think that's pretty overwhelming. But there's 20,000 people live in North Salt Lake. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and here's 70 people that are mad enough to email me. Sometimes the exact same letter that someone sent them to send me. So the wording would be identical. Right, yeah. Send this to your candidate right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but was that 70 representative what the whole city wanted? I yeah, I'm not know. so sure. I'm not sure either. Yeah. And so in the end, I'd be like, do I be swayed by these 70 emails I got? Mm-hmm. Or do I vote my conscience? And well, yeah. in the end, I voted my conscience. Yeah, vote your conscience. Well, and that's what I was talking about earlier. Like I liked, I vote for policies. And if you follow me on social media, I've said that a couple of times. Like I, I don't vote for specific candidates. If a candidate has enough policies that I agree with and that, and I feel like he's genuine enough to hold to that, then I'll vote for him. I'm going to try my best. And that's how I, that's how I vote. Right or wrong. If I, if I see, you know, Hey, this is, these are, this is what I don't think is right. This is how I'm going to fix it. These are what I'm going to try to go for. And I like it. Then I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Hmm. But but the oftentimes when you're a politician, you're choosing between like the the lesser of two evils, which is there's frustrating. There's bad things. No matter which way I go, <laughs> bad things are going to happen. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm a fiscal conservative. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't I'm not a I'm not about raising taxes. I'm about yeah. lowering entitlements. Like that's how I believe. Yeah. I raised taxes multiple times as a city councilman. Mm-hmm. And when I ran for legislature, people come to me and said, if I vote for you, you promise never to vote, raise taxes. And I would say, I can't promise you that I've raised taxes Yeah, because I was looking at a financial shortfall in my city Yeah, and I'm looking, how am I going to cover this? Do right. I eliminate services? Do, do I raise taxes or increase yeah. fees? And in the end I've held my nose and I raised taxes yeah. because I felt like I had to. Yeah. It was, the other options were worse. And so, sure, sure. 
So we have this feeling that all politicians are liars. You know, that's just kind of the thing, right? Because they say something yeah. when they're stumping. Yeah. And then once they get on there and they're facing these difficult choices, yeah. they go, they, they vote opposite of what they say. Yeah. They yeah. Do. Like when crap hits the fan. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and, and, and I get that. And believe me, look, I'm a, I'm a car salesman. If, if people hate people, if people hate salesmen, they hate car salesmen worse than they hate salesmen. So I, I like, I never, f- and if I did, I, I have repented since then, but like, I've never tried to be like, ah, oh, they're all liars because I get that. Like, I get it. You know, I try to do one thing and then crap, it's the fan. And I'm like, okay, I got to do this. But where I get mad is like that we have to be in those situations to choose from not between good, better and best, but between like, okay, I just got to get through this like yeah. bad and bad and whichever is, the, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just kind of, it's kind of a, just a crappy situation that like, I feel like society has like done. Well, but it's not always because something bad happened to cause us to be there. I mean, sure. right, right now we look yeah. at our, our growing debt, our growing deficit in the national level, which is a bad situation. Right. So what are options? Well, the Republicans want us to cut entitlement spending. Yeah. And the Democrats want us to raise taxes. And right. both sides are arguing for their side, and that, that fires up their base. And when I was on the city council, I uh, went to a went to a, one of the trainings that they do twice a year, and yeah. someone had a thing out of the, the, Wash, uh, the New York Times, and it was a it was a it was essentially whatever our debt was at that time, which is much smaller. Yeah. How do we solve the national debt? Yeah. And on one column, it had it had entitlements to get rid of and what mm. the financial benefit would be in living those, and on the other it was taxes to raise. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Republican. Yeah. I got this. So I went through and just started slashing entitlements. Yeah. And I slashed as deep as I felt comfortable doing it. And it, and even some that I was like, I don't know if I should get rid of that or not, but right, I did. Right. And I was able to eliminate half of the debt. Wow. And then I like, okay, well, I guess I'll go to the other side. So I went to the other side and I, I carefully added taxes yeah. until I'd eliminated the debt. Yeah. Now, it's not as simple as that because sure. there's also fiscal policy that we can put in place that sure. also eliminates the value of our debt over time. But still, yeah. that simple exercise was very eye-opening for me because it's not just so easy as saying on a stump speech, we need to eliminate t- entitlements, even though that gets your base super fired up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot more nuance to those decisions. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, 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 and yeah, as a yeah. politician, if, you're, if you recognize that our growing debt is a problem and our growing deficit's a problem, you're choosing between two bad options. Yeah. Getting rid of entitlements is going to have some serious ramifications in our economy <laughs> and the standard of living and the, and the people in our country. Yeah. And raising taxes also is going to have ramifications. Yeah. And yeah. So you're really choosing between two bad options. Right. Well, and that's the thing is like, man, I get it. That's just a crappy, we got like a crappy hand, right? So you play it as best you can and you hope for the best. So how did you end up getting into politics? So we, we, uh, we live in this uh, community out here in North Salt Lake. Uh, when I first moved in, uh-huh. uh, there was all this economic activity that was like on the master plan yeah. that was going to happen. Okay. And then we moved in and none of it happened. Wow. And and the, op- and the space that was open started getting filled in with like warehouse businesses. Yeah. And, and that that zone that was supposed to be for, for commercial gets getting smaller and smaller. Oh, geez. And finally I was like, this is, this is a problem. So I, you ran. I've got to... I can't complain about this unless I try to do something about it. That's so I fair. ran. That's fair. I ran and I got elected and it was a hard thing. And it took me, it took me six, seven years, seven years in, no, six years in. So it's a four year term. I ran yeah. four years in. We didn't have a grocery store. 
by the sixth year we had our grocery store. We have our, yeah. we have our Burger King. Thank we, goodness. We have our McDonald's, our, uh, our Del Taco and our Little Caesars. Yeah. yeah. And our community is way better for it. Oh, but, absolutely. But that is why I ran is because I wanted to, to make sure we had that, that commercial opportunity here in my community. Yeah. That's not where people fighting against it. No, people weren't fighting against it, but they're, but the businesses, that's a huge risk to come in and put a grocery store. So, okay. so the grocery stores were saying, no, we're not coming in. You don't meet the demographics of our model. We're not going to come in. Oh and take that yeah. Risk. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So what we had to do is we had to find, we, we had to find a, uh, a developer that was willing to do it, mm-hmm. a landowner that was willing to do it mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of money in a grocery store. Uh, uh, yeah. And yeah. so we had to go and then we had to, like the pieces all have to fit together. There was, there was some, certainly some tax incentive from the city to make it happen. Like sure, all those things sure. had to come together to make this deal happen. Yeah. And wow. So you were on the, you were on the council that was influential in getting that, the Lee's. I love Lee's. Yeah. It's a, it's a great store. They're but great, but yeah. when I first got on the city council, the city manager at the time and the city council said, there will never be a grocery store in Foxborough because Wow. It, uh, it's just, we don't meet the demographics. It's never going to happen. Yeah, so, that's nuts. So if you're going to run on that, in fact, there was a city councilman that was running for re-election that lost that told me, yeah. I can't run on that issue because it's lying to people. <laughs> oh, there wow. Will, there will never be a, a grocery store in Foxborough. Are you serious? And well, I, good thing that guy didn't win. Yeah. Jeez, so, holy crap. So I got on and with the new city manager, I said, this is extremely important to my community and it's extremely important to the city. We need to make sure it's a priority. Yeah. And so they started talking to developers, talking trying to, to figure it out, talking negotiating to, the and deal. eventually the opportunity came up with Lee's. We had the pieces in place and we, and we, and made we, it happen. It, we snagged it. Yeah. I, well, I, I was here before Lee's and after Lee's and I, one of the reasons we moved down here was because, you know, our realtor was like, this is going to be a pretty big place. There's going to there'd be a lot more stuff. It's going to add property value in the whole thing. And I was like, well, even if that doesn't happen, I like the house. I'm going to buy it anyway. But, but one of the, but when it ended up happening, I was like, whoa, this is cool because now like we can just, you know, we're our little community. And I feel like Foxborough and Salt Lake, especially on these side of the tracks, like that's a really cool thing. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to go too far to get basic stuff, which I, I was kind of nervous about because the closest thing to us was a uh, Smith's. Yeah. And I was like, that's all the way in Bountiful. And yeah. then you might as well go to Costco. And then I'm, I don't feel like I'm supporting North Salt Lake and stuff like that. But that's great. That's cool. So you, you, even though you own your businesses and stuff, you're heavily involved in politics. And that's what mostly we talked about today, but I'm not, I'm not mad about it because this year is like really important. I feel like Good. can, it can swing, can do a lot of, a lot of stuff. Well, okay. We only had a couple of minutes, but I just got to get your opinion on this because we, we brought it up a couple of times about the protests and stuff like that. Um, which I thought, I feel like a lot of people in Salt Lake are there for the wrong reason personally. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, protest, I, healthy protest is part of our constitution. I'm with it. It's, yeah. it's good. It's useful. Yeah. I, I, I've never, uh, in full disclosure, I've never been to a protest. I imagine sure. a couple of hours of yelling into a megaphone would get boring. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but people that feel fired up and want to demonstrate, you should, that's, yeah. that's a, that's in our bill of rights. Right. Um, the the people the, that are looting and yeah are, that's not good they're no. hoodlums yeah they're just so I me, feel like they're taken away from the cause they definitely are and I'll tell tell you a couple uh, an or at least drowning the cause out right so part of my mission I served in the island of St Thomas in the Virgin Islands okay and I was there when Hurricane Marilyn came through in 1995 and it ripped oh, the wow. roof off our house and it was just wow. devastating um, hit the island hard and it was terrifying um, but 
down like in the tourist area in St. Thomas are these like super thick Dutch built like storage areas that have been converted into all these shops. And they're like super sturdy with these super thick doors. They're cool. They were not even harmed at all by the hurricane. Oh, wow. But the next day, people went down with crowbars and ripped the doors off and oh, stole geez. all the stuff. So oh, no. walking around town or whatever after the hurricane, and everyone had brand new Ray-Ban sunglasses on. <laughs> they had new brand, brand new Hard Rock oh, Cafe no. shirts on. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and it was, for me, it was like really discouraging. Like these are people yeah. that uh, that are in the absence of law enforcement took advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing's happening here. The law enforcement's, uh, they're there, they're, they're, ocu- they're, mm-hmm. they're preoccupied mm-hmm. with the protests are going on. And so they're taking advantage of some lawlessness to just steal stuff. Yeah. And they're breaking the law and they're not helping the cause at all. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're, they're people yeah. that are not, they don't care one way or not. Yeah. They're not yeah. about racial, you know, whatever. They yeah. just want free stuff. Yeah. And see, and that's what I, yeah, you know, cause I, um, it's, it's hard for me to put it in words. Like I'm, I'm okay with why they're protesting. I understand where they're coming from, but the people who are like, just like jumped on the bandwagon, like really irritate me. And so, and that's what I was kind of like, and what you said earlier about that being a problem for the next, you know, whoever's running, you know what I mean? It's just so true. It's like, how do you deal with this kind of stuff? And I think that's what you're talking about earlier. Like we, you know, every, a politician ha- has good intentions until this happens until their whole city's being lit on fire. And, <laughs> and so like, man, that's a tough spot to be in. But I mean, it is right now. We just, I think, I think it's pretty much cooled off in Salt Lake right now. I think yeah. for the most part, I think it was just a weekend thing and, and, and it's cooled off by now. And, and hopefully people are understanding like good things. We're trying to make good things happen. And so the people who don't want, who who want to take advantage of that just need to get out so that we can actually let some things happen that should happen. And some things, that need to happen. Right. But anyway, I think it's been, I well, it's been really fun to, to talk to you, man. Yeah. And I, we're going to have to do this again as it gets closer to the election time. Sure. I'm going to do it again, man. But, uh, absolutely. Well, th- yeah, again, thanks for being on here and, and I hope that, um, you had a good time and we'll wrap it up. 